0: Fantastic grand ride into everybody out there. We're always learning, and this is Coffee Diaries number
1: 11 or 10.
0: <laughs> I forget. Number 11, and today okay. is quite a big day. It's the launch of uh, a new um site only for the coffee diary so thank you very much for all of those who've supported thank you very much for ade's initial um cup of coffee months ago which started this conversation thank you very much for all of those who've been on the show before and thank you and grand rising siraj
2: thank you Thank you so much.
3: <laughs> yes.
2: No, we've, this has been a long time coming, so it's good to be here. And I've listened to a few of your shows. And yeah, to be able to just dive in deep into conversation with two other souls who are on the journey, I'm here for it. Let's do it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. As Ron says often, we're still learning. So.
2: <laughs> Every single day.
1: So, uh, Siraj, how do you deal with thoughts?
4: <laughs> okay, we're just all right. <laughs> I <use> the thoughts. Because
1: <laughs> I have, I have a noisy mind sometimes, and I don't know. I, I just all of these old thoughts come up, and you know, they sometimes trigger me. And how, like, what do you do? And I don't know.
2: I'm actually going to take that question, and there's a poem that I actually want to open up with. It's mm. from a sister warrior who is unfortunately not here on this plane anymore, but her words are potent and yeah, I just want to like open up with this and then we can kind of dive from there. Okay? Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I left behind the patriarchal pace and said, Here's the new race. How slow can you go? Here's the new definition of success. How relaxed can you be? How much more can you the test of stress? How sensually can from the armor can you unpeel? How luscious and luscious can you feel? And yeah, my name is Michelle Grandu, and she left us those words.
1: So you, you broke up um, a little bit. So I didn't I know. Yeah, we I'm didn't catch, yeah, we didn't raining. catch a lot we of can't.
2: it. Oh, okay. Well, I don't wanna have to repeat, but I think just the essence is how how relaxed, how in your body, how in the moment can you be? Mm. And so when you ask me about thoughts I mean, this is like the typical Buddhist, you know, um, medicine for that. It's like, oh, you just like notice them and you say, Oh, hey, there's a thought and but even more than that, I think for me it might be a little bit of the mind over matter aspect. Like that's do not like I get to control that. You know, to a certain extent, I get to control that. And I choose to and direct the things that pop up in my mind, the pop-ups, you know, the spam blockers and the pop-ups on the whole internet. <laughs> like yeah. the ones that I choose are oh my God, look at that cloud. Oh whoa, that's a good cloud. <laughs> or oh my god, the soil, or oh my gosh, look at the bird, and, you know, driving, just like literally everything. So the thoughts that I choose are thoughts that like enrich and enliven me as opposed to like Oh my God! What was on the grocery list? I forgot. Oh my goodness! I need gas. Like uh, all these things, mm. you know. And when the time comes for those other things, it's time for them. But yeah, I I, ch- I get I I get to choose my thoughts. I get to choose my world, and my reality. So.
1: Mm. Yeah, hand? yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> that makes a lo- that makes a lot of sense. I think sometimes it's so easy for some of us. I mean. I'm, I'll speak for myself to, to put more, um, like to, to feel like the, the quote unquote negative thoughts are more real for some reason. And to, um, think of something positive, feels like I'm making it, you know, making it up and it it is not as valid. I know this is not true, but I think that's one of the things that people struggle with and it also seems like the the brain looks for problems, you know, kind of looks for uncertainty and look looks for, well, what's coming next or um, how am I going to get my needs met or, you know, these sort of uh, things. That yeah, And I think the brain does.
2: I mean, the brain wants to problem solve, like, that's its function. I'm always telling people, like, you know, there's there's this war going on between, like, heart and mind, you know? And I, I try to tell people all the time, like, your brain, it has a function, but it's not what you think it is. Like, it's not yeah. really running the show. It's your heart. So what thoughts are coming out of there? And yeah how can you build a world around those thoughts not this problem solving um your brain is processing the environment around us you know what i mean like all your senses they go here and they you figure out how to survive so yeah that makes sense but yeah in this new world that we're living in this new reality that we're trying to bring in and live and die by it's it's from the heart. So. What are your thoughts, Ron? I want to hear that accent.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, definitely. And I think in many First Nations communities around the world, the first brain is actually the gut, the intuition. The second brain is the heart. And the lowest of all is the one that we have in the head. So maybe it's to come from that intuitive way of being, that um unknown connection that we have from there flow from the heart from there our action comes and this one up here is just to solve what needs to be solved when it comes up at that particular time and i think from there there's a as an easiness there because then we trust in ourselves
2: I couldn't have said it better. And I love that you brought up the word indigenous because yeah, this, this mind charade, that's all West. It's all, you know, yeah, this patriarchal, you know, society that we've been in for however many thousands of years. So I always like to say like, we're kind of in the dark ages right now. Like there's a lot of history and there's a lot of be- ways of being that um, were forgotten or Books were burned, or you know we just don't have it anymore, um, and yeah, thinking from your brain up here is one of those things like it it's not supposed to be like that, and when you are thinking with your gut and thinking with your heart, you realize that it's not just you, and then you can think as part of this organism that we're a part of, and that's where that separation fable kind of fades out. It's like, oh, wait a second. <laughs>
0: okay all right hmm. yeah, yeah you remember a day when we we first scheduled the show on that particular day things weren't aligning and we <laughs> kind of realized it's not going to happen on that particular day three or four <laughs> things happened that weren't working were just you know okay, no, it's not happening today. Add, we've a something. And I think sometimes, you know, when we f- we don't force it, let's f- go with the flow of it. And it happens rather than us try to push it. And I think that comes from, as you said, the heart, the intuitive nature rather than mind trying to push it. Like make trying to fit a box into a circle.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> so, I think you, t- you and Siraj were pretty relaxed. Oh, we'll do it, and a- if it doesn't work out, and I'm like behind the scenes trying to fit the uh, square box in in the round hole. So you know, I- I'm still learning with that one. But I finally, at the very end, when Suraj said, "Why don't we just do it another time?" and and then I, I finally let go and. Um, yeah
2: but it was so funny the whole time i was thinking is this a test because like the podcast is supposed to be on the power of presence and right now we're not with the (laughs) moment i think it was a test and i think we all passed so (laughs) good for us (laughs) (laughs) we're here now and it couldn't be any it couldn't be like sometimes you can't yeah you can't plan for perfection i guess Mm. um yeah I know this is
1: gonna be everything it needs to be right here, right now. Yeah. Yeah, you, you talked about the um the harmony when you're connected to your intuition and you're sort of in tune with with the, the you know the the community, the ancestors and and um can you talk a little bit about how um nature, I know we're nature, but extended nature the things in the natural world um how how important is being out in nature and being in tune to nature <laughs> i already kind of know know the answer you know i think but
2: yeah yeah you're yeah. hitting on one of my sweet spots Yeah. Okay, so yeah i was farming for like two years and my relationship with that aspect of being that whole other world that we're We're right up against, you know what I mean? There's not even a veil, you know, like for some of these spiritual worlds, there's like a veil and you got to like do some work and clear your eyes. But like the natural world is this other, other entity that is us. us, That's right here. And I love that you have Holy Trinity behind you, Ade, because in in part of my learning, it's it's human and nature and then the divine. And that is the the Trinity.
4: Mm.
3: And
2: so Connecting with nature is one of the easiest ways. It's one of the easiest doors because it's right there to fall into the divine, to happen upon, for lack of a better word, God, you know, Hmm. it's right here. (laughs) Um, I can say that in my stillness and in my quietness and in, just that communion. Like I started, you know, I thought I was tripping. Like <laughs> there's a day I went out to a stream, you know, after farming and I got soil all on me. I'm like rinsing off in the stream. And I sat down and I was staring at these stones, like all of these stones in the riverbed. And of course, while I'm farming, I'm, you know, digging up rocks all the times. So I call them baby boulders. <laughs> they're, they're my friends now, but I literally started seeing their faces and seeing their personalities. And it's like, oh like if if i truly believe that there's there's energy in every atom and every particle of matter and yeah why can't this stone this thing that's been here for like i can't even conceive how long and how long it took for that stone to come up to the surface hmm. to be here with me right now like yeah it might have a face and the things that it's seen and and the people who have rested here on these banks, and just the memories that could be in in that that part of nature, and that's just the stones. So get me started on like the birds and the worms and the, the the soil itself, the intelligence and like the whole other world that's in the soil. Yeah. So I think the the biggest medicine, or I guess the best, most potent medicine that I got from working with the earth was just how like. <clears throat> macro and micro you know because like i said the soil it looks like this this dead brown substance but like no there's life in there and that life isn't any like we're not any better than that life you know if you look at go up from the soil and you look at like the grass and the flowers like there's a whole highway going on there you got the bees and you got the ants and you got the all this stuff and so it just keeps expanding and all the way to the whole planet that we're on like her and like her being and how the blood and as is the water and we're kind of just these cells that are trying to help her to thrive mm. yeah i think that's that's the medicine i got from nature
1: yeah yeah i can, <laughs> i feel some of that when i go out into nature too and, and you and you're i'm glad you talked about the the faces because i see that quite often with trees you know i looked at a tree the other day and i and i thought wow i don't really know what tree what a tree is there's this it just occurred to me that for some reason like there's this living thing like this is life like as you were saying this is life and um you know that was really powerful and then yesterday i was i was eating three strawberries. And yeah, three, yeah, because I was thinking about the Holy Trinity. Okay.
3: okay.
1: <laughs> and I thought of I thought of each of us as one of the strawberries, and uh, and I looked at the you know the little stem, and so it looked like a, a little a little face, you know, with the the leaves, and uh, and then I realized you know this is this living thing, and um, then I ate it, and uh, that was that. <laughs>
4: <laughs> sometimes.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I hmm trying to think of some things that many of us um experience, especially now, but um maybe we I wanna want your perspective on dealing with pain. What is pain? like mean to you what do you what do you do when, when you feel it um you know I'm i have so many things yeah um i think emotional em- yeah. yeah
2: emotional pain what is it you're coming with the hardball question i thought we were just gonna be like sip of tea and like coffee and <laughs> just chat <chatting. laughs> and you're like no no, no. no <laughs> i
1: have you here so i'm like i'm just gonna <laughs> <laughs> all of these questions are just coming up and yeah
2: yeah no bring it on i <coughs> you know, all these things that i think and feel they're just theories like i you know i could pull an answer from wherever they're coming from you know but yeah yeah i don't i don't claim any of this like it's not mine and so when you ask me like what pain is it's like oh okay I can go back to like the very beginning when I first started on this path, maybe 10 years ago, maybe like 12 years ago. And, um, I was, I was suffering from like the deepest depression. You know, I was 18. I think I told you a little bit of the story, like I was 18, my best Hmm. friend died in a car accident over spring break. I'd never had anyone die before. And like my little perfect little bubble just like popped. And it's like, oh, this is the world I'm living in. Oh, this war. And oh, okay. I see. (laughs) And, you know, just boo. And I always liken it to being like in a cave at the bottom of the ocean. And then like eventually coming out of the cave, but then still having to swim all the way up. Hmm. And just like going through that process of coming out of that, like that pain of realization of like where I am and like how Separate I am from anything, or how separate I felt at that Mm. time from from anything that was divine, from anything that was good, from anything that was like worth, like having in life or like living for. You know, it's like, where are we? What are we doing? And like, just that existential, like human, yeah, that that crisis of like, where are we? What are we doing? How did we get here? Why are we here alone? Um, Mm. That pain is the doorway to the answer to those questions i think and what i've learned is like that pain everything is kind of like um ah, what's those things with the the slingshot you know so like how far you pull it back is like how far you can go ahead so if you only pull it a bit then like the you know your rock is going to drop but like that pain can pull you in so deep and then that equal and opposite force is going towards the light, and you can you can use it. you can use it for some really wild stuff.
4: Mm.
2: like I said, it's just science though, like all this is just science. I get all my theories, all my I like to say like sometimes like yo, science is my religion. like let's talk about quantum physics, let's talk about entanglement, you know, and all this brilliant stuff that again. It's just like new words for ancient science, ancient knowledge, ancient arts, ancient everything. We're just kind of rediscovering. And then the West is like, oh, my Eureka! (laughs) We're figuring it out, guys. And everybody indigenous is over here like, okay, (laughs) come on, yeah, tell me all about it. (laughs) Tell me all about how, you know, every atom has life in it. Sure, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I hope that answered your question on pain. I, I don't know what it is, but I know that it is a catalyst um, to be able to feel what's on the opposite end of that, which is whatever that is. Mm. <laughs> whatever yeah.
1: It is. And and one of the words you you said that kind of peaked um, was the the word separation, and, and I feel like, I mean, in 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 that. hafiz talks a lot a lot about this in in his poetry you know about this this feeling of of separation and how maybe that's the cause of some of our pain and suffering as well as the motivation to um come come back within or see like investigate what that is, what that separation is.
2: So you cut out in the middle of that, but what I just got was uh, asking about separation. Yeah. Um, what might it be? I mean, honestly, I think it's a really clever ploy by this divine intelligence. Mm. And it's like, okay, you know what? Mm. I'm going to create, I'm going to like fraction myself into all these tiny bits. And I'm going to have all those tiny bits, forget that they came from me and leave it up to them to solve it. And if they solve it, then, oh my gosh, they they reconnect and they join back. But if they don't, they just keep going until eventually they do. Cause that's the only thing like, that's all there is, is I don't even know. Like I forgot in this metaphor, like who I was, but you know what I yeah. mean? Like in this metaphor, it's just like. Oh yeah, all these parts are the same thing. And then if they separate, like the kids finding their way back to the mother, you know? Mm. I think, yeah, that might be a quote from yeah, Rumi or Hafiz, like when you recognize, uh, when you recognize the children, you can find the mother or something like this. Like it's all similar, like very similar faces. Like if there's a missing kid and they can't talk, you're like, okay, look at let's look at these features. Where did you come from? And um yeah, that separation is just, like I said, a really intelligent ploy to get us to come back to center and come back home, go back home.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because it seems like it happens on different levels, like even the emotions, even these things about ourselves that we may um we may run away from, or we may judge. It, it, and we, And I think the, the thing in that is we, we think we know what these things are, and you kind of alluded to that in terms of the pain. You know, what, what, really, what really is that? And so something may come up, and I may think I know it. I put some conceptual label on it, and then I think it's something else that I need to tend to rather than this is me too, you know, this is, it's the same I, you know, so I could get into the game of trying to fix different things within the self, but just realizing that, you know, I mean, it's been my experience, just realizing that this is the same, whatever, like I'm running away from myself basically. you know?
2: Ooh, yeah. Yeah. That's part of, part of something I've been really working on. And I think at this point, you know, you have all these lessons and you get tested and maybe you pass, maybe you don't. (laughs) But I think the lesson that's been really present for me lately is, yeah, not running away, not running away when I like get my heart broken, not running away in the face of like ignorance not running away in the face of of anything that agitates me because it, it's super easy um just a little snippet Ron. like i've had this this past experience you know i was working for a company and yeah uh, it's it's nature related I'm, I'm doing beekeeping right and one day my my manager asked me if i wanted if he asked me to do a presentation on white privilege for everybody. And I mean, I laughed in his face. You know what I mean? But then it's i I quit. you know what I mean he was like, no, it's not my job. i it's I don't even want to be part of that. And in retrospect, I'm wondering if that could have been a teachable moment. Like if I wouldn't have gotten so agitated and I wouldn't have run away, like could that have been an opportunity for me? to dig into my compassion and find that trap door and find even more compassion and um, try to try to be medicine, you know, for people who are seeking. Um, And then at the same time, it's kind of like, no, do your own work, dog. Like, (laughs) I don't have anything for that. But yeah, it's something that I've been grappling with. Like, if I if I want to be this so Siraj means light. It's my chosen name. My given name is Candice. But yeah, I, I chose Siraj because I, I want to be a light. I want to embody, embody the essence of um, this this energy that that fills me when I'm open to being filled by and just surrendering, you know. I want to give more of that to people. And yeah, so lately I'm I'm having to Think about what that actually means what does that mean to step fully into what i know that i have the potential to be and oof, it's work
4: mm. it's work yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: and I, I love how you you pose the question but but don't answer it
2: i think i live the answer like it's not an answer that's going to come from other minds, yeah. That's
1: the way I used to live. Ron, jump in with any questions, if.
0: Yeah, um, that last point. Sometimes the questions, it can't be answered in that moment, and in that silence, when that question comes up, that's where you're gonna go and you don't you don't know how why or where but this non-answer is leading you somewhere and i think that's um quite beautiful and siraj i love the the metaphor of the slingshot back (laughs) and another teacher speaks of this as well and do you think that sometimes the slingshot back is Our personal things that we have gone through but also generational and the further we go back maybe is the opportunity to clear um what's your thoughts of that on that
2: um again like going to science like generational trauma is real you know the issues are in the tissue i think is what they say (laughs) (laughs) it's in your body so yeah, I mean, imagining. i'm um, so now I'm imagining like a slingshot with multiple rocks. So you got, you know, that thing that happened to your great, great, great grandfather that was, you know, in him and, you know, got trapped in his body that got passed down to you. Like, what happens if you're able to, uh, take that rock out of the slingshot, and then you know you have all these other rocks, and then, uh, <laughs> eventually, you get to a place where it's just like, okay, but. I don't even know if that any of that just made sense, but I think what I'm trying to say is this generational trauma that lives in everybody. And you're in the UK, like I, it's that's a whole different animal. So I, I can only speak for the United States. But here, I don't know—is it frozen? Can you guys see me?
4: Yeah, nice see you
2: can see it. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, here in the states, it's it's a beast because a lot of A lot of us here don't even realize that trauma. Like sure if you're African American, you're like, okay, yeah, that's there. But um our our Caucasian American brothers and sisters, like I think that their trauma might get swept under the rug because like, oh no, we've been we've been fine the whole time. It's like, no, you were you were treating human beings like they weren't human beings and pretending it was okay. Like that hurt you somewhere for generations and like We're never going to heal. Like, and that's my thing here. It's like, it feels sometimes I just want to go to a jungle somewhere and live out the rest of my life because nobody wants to admit to their trauma. Nobody wants to do that work. It takes, it's not easy. It's not just like going to a therapy session and you're cured. Like, Mm. it's years and years. And yeah, you have to be, keep your eyes wide open, but yeah, you're going to have to go into the dark. Mm. And (laughs) Ade will tell you, like, you're going to have to die. Like, I'm so, I'm, I'm so encouraging of people just like dying, you know, you have to die to be reborn into yourself. And I think that's something that women understand intuitively because, you know, we die every month, you know, our body regenerates and starts from new and then it's springtime and summertime, you know, but we forget that though these cycles within ourselves or like within nature, like it's, it's part of, the whole medicine it's part of like a roadmap to being you know it's not always summertime it's not always fruit fruit you know it's not always in the hot sun that would be miserable I don't know well I don't know maybe I'll try living on an island travels island and tell you how it feels but <laughs> uh, it's there's these cycles that we have to honor and when we can do that and yeah go into the dark go into winter and let it kind of scratch the surface get some new seeds germinating you know those bloom blossom it's the fall time you know they kind of die they fall off and you say okay well what's here now you know it's just
4: yeah a lot of work yeah that
0: means that you know when you come from that way that when we do that work It's transformative in a a scale that we can't even imagine. Mm -hmm. We can't even see it's so much bigger than that. And I think even going on from that way, as in African and and Indigenous communities, we see the connections with our ancestors and we can feel it. And it's something really uh, powerful in that really extraordinary and at the same time really beautiful in looking at that because immediately you're not alone Mm. and you never were alone
2: right right on can i say one of my favorite facts guys so the universe is 95 percent dark energy and dark matter the other five percent like that's the things that we can see it's it's everything tangible, like everything here and everything in the you can see through a telescope, you know all the different planets and stars that's only five percent ninety five of the other percent is here with us. we just aren't on the frequency to be able to perceive it, so when you talk about like our ancestors and you know all that stuff, yeah, it's like they're not like some far away thing like they're here like in this field, that's where you know all these. Know people say, "Oh, I saw something," and like, yeah, maybe you're you're you were able to perceive like a different vibration that's here with us right now. But we're all living in this together, so yeah, our ancestors are right here, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and our you know our guides and the angels and all these you know all of these different energetic beings and all of these different what do you even all this all these just different possibilities of manifestation we're all on the same plane it's all right here Mm. Mm. so yeah when you need help from an ancestor when you need strength that makes it even like it's so easy just to be like okay like i feel you it's not that you're just in my blood or you're just in my past you're just in my mind you're just in these photographs like no it's like your energy is is still here right now with me,
1: mm. yeah, yeah, and you can speak to them, you know so
2: you to be spoken to like imagine 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 just being around someone and knowing that they can't really. Or I guess I should say imagine you can't communicate with them unless they ask you to. So <laughs> I just imagine my ancestors just like always around me when I have a problem. Just Can like, just ask us, just ask and you shall receive. And <laughs> and that's the way it goes. Like you have, but the thing is like in this universe, like willpower is a really big thing. You have to you have to be open to wanting to be shown answers you know like we said earlier you know you have these questions that sometimes yeah you don't have the answer but you can live with the answer but you have to be open to being shown you know you have to let go of control mm. you have to surrender which is the biggest lesson i ever got and once i did it like alignment manifest manifestation <laughs> like beautiful people soul tribe yeah like, it was all just me like letting go of like
1: thinking that i knew anything cause i don't know jack man i don't know jack yeah me either i mean it, a lot of what you're saying is is connecting to um that intuition and one of the things that i think a lot of people have a hard time with especially in in the age of iphones and social media and and things of that nature is we are always on some gadget, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of, I know you're probably not, but I, I think that a, a lot of people aren't even having that chance to just take a moment. It, it's just this reaction of pick up the cell phone, you know? Um, and I know that can't be good and it seems like it's a distraction. And how did, have you like sort of disconnected, uh, from that and what what was that experience like
2: i mean i can still very much be in it for sure um, but even i feel like especially it may have been one of my resolutions just to go even deeper into it you know i, I have this old flip phone that because it's like who told me i need a smartphone who told me i have to be available twenty four seven you know my boss wants to text me like, mm, you can send me an email, and I'll be checking my emails at these hours, and I'll get to you when I get to you like I don't have to be available for anyone that often and it it is a distraction, you know, and it's it's a lot easier for people to i mean I've literally you know tried to have these conversations with people, and I remember someone telling me like. Oh, yeah, like I know I have a soul. I just I just don't have time for that. And I'm like, you don't have time for your soul? Like, what does that mean? <laughs> that's scary. That's <laughs> terrifying. Um, but I, I think that might be like a it's, it might be a more common thought than you might even know because, sure, you know most most of us they grow up with some inkling of religion, and then and, but then you see the world, and you're like, okay, now that's all you know, bull stuff, and you hear everything going on in these churches and it's just like, "Eh, I'm going to stay away from that. But then you can't deny, you know, those feelings you get when, you know, synchronicity happens or uh, miracles happen or, Mm -hmm. you know, there are little hints in your life that kind of break through that barrier. Because like I said, it's all around us. It's all right here. The divine nature, that Holy Trinity of us and nature. And then, you know, the divine, like there's no escaping it. But if you try to turn your back on it, sometimes it'll tap you on the shoulder. But I yeah. think once it taps you on the shoulder and you have to turn around and like face this whole new reality. I, I don't even want to say it's a whole new reality because it's the only reality. So mm. you've been living in, you know, you've been facing a cave and now you got all of this to take in or maybe and maybe you've been turned around for like 25 30 40 50 60 years it's it's easier to distract yourself yeah and yeah it's just what it is people take the easy way out if you let them but like have you guys heard of this meta stuff like yeah
1: they're taking it so far. Crazy. Like, they're trying
2: crazy <laughs> go in the internet all day long
1: yeah yeah i think it's it, it may move in that direct uh, I, I think that's likely to happen to a certain extent so
2: i mean i know it is because like yeah. it's it's oh goodness don't even get me started i don't even <laughs> know what to say about that but again it's terrifying that people are so afraid of themselves you're so afraid of yourself that you would rather like go buy Nike shoes online for your online avatar and your online (laughs) house. And, you know, I, I don't know. I, and that's kind of in the same line with, um, you know, in Silicon Valley, they're trying to put people's consciousness into machines. Mm -hmm. So it's like, Oh, Hey guys, you don't ever have to die. You can just like download your brain in here and we got it. It's all good. And it's like, wait like the universe had already figured that out like we were never dying in the first place you're trying to get people trapped here mm-hmm. and you're trying to get them to think that like this is it yeah go like, oh, after this world oh we got to save ourselves here because i don't want to rot in the ground
4: like uh, yeah yeah
2: who told you that like this body was it you know it's, it's, it's
4: that's stress. a great point yeah
1: yeah Hmm.
4: Wild, wild world.
1: What has? What was the? Uh, uh, I don't know. What was? What has love taught you? Yeah. What has love taught you? Hmm. good question. What has love
2: taught me? Mm. Love has taught me. <laughs> oh man. I don't even. Ron, what has love taught you? <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear more from you, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for deflecting. No, that's a big question.
4: Mm.
2: I actually just need to like process that. I can't just like come up with something. Like, I. Yeah. I mean, it's so funny because I ha- I've had the experience of meditating and
4: mm-hmm.
2: realizing, like, oh shit, everything is unconditional love. Like, the mm. universe is made out of unconditional love. Like, holy shit. And then I've had the experience of, like, meeting God and another human being. You know, and having that be a mirror, and um so I have one of these these brains on this spectrum of like you know magnificence, I call it, and it's like for i I saw this quote once, and it was it was saying how the highly creative mind like for for the creative mind, a stranger is a friend, and a friend is a lover, and a lover is someone you see God in, you know. And I was always like, "What does that mean?" But then it happened, and like you I feel like that experience of meeting another human being um and re- realizing that they were just a mirror for me, and ha- already having realized that like what is in me is like like I said, for lack of a better word, God hmm. it only brought me closer to wanting to surrender and to wanting to not even be attached to the person but just realizing like oh again all these fragments of the same thing hmm. and when you can see the other fragments and be like oh like that's that's that and this is okay okay and, and yeah. it's like you're in on a secret and I, I was saying like it's people always say like oh like you know we're in love or you know, falling in love or they just use the, like, Oh, I love those shoes. Like that word. It, it means that it, it goes a little deeper, you know? And then I think it's in Christianity. They say, God is love, you know?
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And then it's like, wait, well, what does that mean? And then they say, Oh, the kingdom of God is within you. It's like, Oh wait, what does that mean? And then you take all this stuff and you like dissect it. And it's like, Oh yeah. Like, I am unconditional love. It is inside of me that this kingdom is also like everywhere I can see it in everyone else I'm relating to. Mm. Sometimes it's harder to see in some people than others, but yeah. So when you say like, "What is love?" Like, what has it taught you? I can just say it's taught me to like see more of that in everything and everyone. You know.
1: Yeah. What what I felt when you were talking about that seeing um, God in in the other person, um, what I felt was just a like a relaxing. It was just like, ah, oh, you know, it, it's just. It goes back to that sort of idea of separation, you know, and 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 I think with that separation comes some um, tension it comes a little bit of sort of tension. I don't know. That's what I feel sometimes. And and then when you see that it, it is, you see God in this other person and it seems like everything just like, you know, it. that's the feeling I got. Um, the other thing talking about love and, and the experience um, of it. Um, for me, what I felt is it's, It's something like the fear of death was always very big, you know. Oh, no. But love is so much bigger. And then it's like, okay, I can die for this. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm willing to die for. Like that, that kind of giving yourself to it and just surrendering to that and just like, uh, and not even I can't, it's just like, ah, here I am, (laughs) you know, just this sort of jumping into, into that. And it like can feel like, like ripping you apart, but in a beautiful way, just kind of like chewing up every cell and every fiber of your being and it's not even chewing it up. It's like in relation with it, you know. Like it kind of you are it, and you just, uh, yeah. Hafiz, Hafiz can do that sometimes.
2: <laughs> Hafiz was a master, really.
1: Yeah. yeah.
4: Hmm.
2: i'm just like sitting with you saying oh love like oh i'll die for this you know i just like, like that thought of like oh yeah this is worth dying for
4: because yeah I was
2: afraid of dying but now i know love and now i know that love is dying <laughs> yeah you experience more love that's beautiful
1: it It's like the, you know, speaking to Ron the other day about there's this fear of death that came up. And he said, uh, he said, Ade, doesn't, where does death take place? Doesn't death take place in life? And I said, yeah. And he said, doesn't birth take place in life? And I said, yes. And he said, do you know anything other than life? and i said no <laughs> so it, it was uh really kind of wow you know that that i mean, it goes back to um the feeling i got when you talk about nature and, and your experience with nature and how there's this sort of like soup of everything the cells and atoms and you know this like soup of energy And um, yeah, life. Yeah, life, life. (laughs) Not sure where I was going with that, but you know.
0: Um, Siraj, when you have the soil in your hands and when we put it under a microscope, there's trillions of, you know, things going on inside there. And when Adi and you spoke of love, and you use the word entanglement in our hand in that soil are connections that we can't see how does that feel for you sometimes when you have the soil in your hands and how does it feel sometimes just walking barefoot oh. on the grass in the soil how does that feel oh my gosh it
2: feels like an honor it feels like an honor to first of all be able to perceive you know just like or or to even like have my mobility and to be able-bodied like i'm really grateful for that and i remind myself that like it didn't have to be that way like i can use my fingers to grab a fistful of soil and like put it to my nose and smell it and see the richness of it and uh if i you know Typically, like, when I'm farming, like, and I pull, like, a, a radish out of the ground, like, I'll, like, dust it off a little bit. But I'm not trying to get all that soil. Like, I want some of that in my body. Because, yeah, those trillions of life forms, like, I want some of that. They're friends, you know? Um, I So, yeah, I think it, it's it's almost weird to say, like, oh, my God, I have such reverence for the soil. Because, <laughs> like, for most people, soil is dirt you know, they don't know the difference. But for me, like soil is alive. Dirt is that stuff that, you know, they sucked all the nutrients out of it. There's no life forms there.
4: Mm.
2: It'll blow up in the wind if you let it. And that's that. Um, Which I don't know, I feel like I've never thought about about it, but that could be like a metaphor for like something much deeper, you know, you just like the types of life that you could be living. You're either living this rich embodied life with all of this teeming inside of you or you're this this powdery substance that can get blown away with mm-hmm. any breeze you know so when i'm like my feet are in the soil i'm yeah feeling the coolness I'm grateful to be able to feel and grateful to be able to walk and grateful to be able to ah to know that there's life there, because like I said, everybody—we don't all get taught that. It's not something that they teach us in school. Like, okay, guys, that tree—that's alive. They're like, nope, that is a oak, and you know, it gives us this, and that's what we use it for. You mm-hmm. know, I was saying, like, oh, over the summer, I was—I had this reckoning. I was reading, I think, braiding sweetgrass. Okay. And oh, <laughs> okay. hey, <laughs> you have. I reading right now
0: uh no do you know what this is the f- third time today i've heard that book mentioned oh third wow time <laughs> third time today oh, so wow, uh wow. i'm just making a note as on the reading list i gotta get it yeah so wow, uh definitely.
2: <laughs> yeah. definitely whoa talk about trinity there you go Holy <laughs> trinity three you got threes everywhere y'all um <laughs> so in that book she actually mentions that in in, like there's an indigenous language that she grew up with and in it I think she says that I want to say 70% of the words are verbs as opposed to English the language we all speak and grow up with where 70% of the words are nouns Mm. as in like oh this is a thing and that's a that and you know yeah but but it really really changed my perspective cuz if if I, if 70% of the words are verbs and that means like oh that tree is an active living thing that stream isn't something to be owned it's alive and you know it's it it changed it rocked my world because the english language like i said it comes from this this way of seeing the world that is based completely on separation. Mm -hmm. So I think if we if we want to change our mindsets and change where we're going with things, we have to remember that what we've been given isn't the all, you know. There's so many missing parts. And if we're not studying different cultures and different languages and different peoples, you know, if we're not studying anything other than what we've been taught, then we're doing a disservice to Everything around us,
0: the whole world around us. Are they? That's, I think, one of the boxes that we have not mentioned in our conversation on boxes, the boxes of English language, which we are yeah. in. It's this huge box that we don't, it's like, you know, we're fish swimming in the sea who don't see the water. And the English language, uh, has boxed us into a way of seeing the world. And mm. in there's that click language, I think, of the San people of, um, oh, I think they're in South Africa. And it's the it's the way they use them. It's totally different way of speaking and describing things and this oneness yeah. with things where I think the English language, I think we have to be aware of when we're using it the word is not the thing. Mm. Mm. I think maybe that's a box that we haven't given too much attention to. Um, Siraj, Ade and I spoke about boxes that we live in sometimes and that's where that conversation came from.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah, for me, the English language is one of the biggest ones. I've, I've had ancestors in my dream tell me like, hey, you need to learn Spanish like you need to i need like i, I need something more because and am not saying that in any other language like the divine or like any of these things would be well actually i am saying that would be easier to express because I, yeah a lot of cultures they have a deeper understanding and the west came from the mind and the mind is all about the physical world so it makes sense that we're yeah. speaking this know scientific language based on things and x and y and z but mm. to be to lit, for us to be going towards a more spirited world um we need a more spirited language yeah otherwise how are we going to be able to to communicate these things like i remember having I like a kind of friendly debate but you know i was trying to explain like the essence to someone and it's like that that Buddhist metaphor. Like, if you look at the finger pointing at the moon, then you miss the moon. So he was so focused on the words that I was saying that he couldn't yeah. see behind them. And in the end, we gave each other a hug. We were like, I love you. You know what I mean? It was good. But still, like, there was so much friction in just not being able to get past the words. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's a difficult area for me, especially my dad's a professor, so it was always about the words and and uh, luckily I'm not I'm not too um, skilled at the English language, but (laughs) 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 but it's funny when I'm when I'm uh, I'm sure I have uh, sent sent you and Ron too many audios of these uh, nature chants (laughs) but uh so when when i'm out in nature and um just kind of feeling what's coming up and wanting to communicate so the chanting comes from this desire to communicate and and it and it always comes in this sort of chant i'm just calling it chanting because i don't know what else to call it But it's coming from the gut and the heart, and it's just, these are the noises that come up. And it feels more of um, a natural communication for me. And what I notice is that other animals come closer. So the squirrels will come up on the tree and they kind of look, the geese, your best friends, uh, kind of, (laughs) they, they (laughs) they come closer. They come like right up to me, and and they look. So birds, they'll come fly on a tree branch and look down. And mm-hmm. so I, I do think that that this the the vibration is heard when it when it's in a natural place and when it's coming from um the soul. You know, I don't know what else to call it, but I feel like when it comes from the soul, then um rather than the the head which i think many times the english language can i'm not saying all the time you know it could come from the soul as well but many times it comes from from the head you know
2: i like that you use the word guttural you know and like the phrase like guttural reverberations of the heart like your heart is sending like vibration to your gut and the gut is sending it up and out and you get mm. yeah these chants that are really really powerful and you you become like what Cinderella is that who it was or you know all the animals are like coming up to you and like oh, yeah. my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god because the thing is like they remember you know yeah i feel like their connection know it it's it's up for debate like there's some schools that say you know the animals are living in this perpetual state of just unawareness or you could say like you know the animals are like so in tune with their ancest- ancestral instincts and like
4: mm.
2: going back to like the original ancestor of just like knowing that they are the essence so like mm-hmm. i'm not positive which one it is but when you say that they're coming up to you when you're doing that that kind of shows me that Yeah, like they know what's up. Like sometimes, you know, when I would be walking barefoot in the woods, you know, I'd see animals. Then, yeah, they wouldn't run away. And I think it's because, yeah, I the energy that I'm bringing with me isn't of, oh, you're a thing. What are you? It's like, oh, hey, brother, what's up? You're having a good day out here. Nice. I'm in the neighborhood. Don't mind me. (laughs) You know, it's going about my way you know it's they i think they can tell the animals can most positively tell when you're coming from a space of being spirited and they remember when we used to sing and Hmm. like talk to the trees and be embodied in that way and so when they see humans that are like kind of going back to that they're like oh wait my my Great, 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 great grandfather squirrel. He passed down a story. Yeah, they used to, yeah, he used to go eat out of their hands and they were super cool with each other. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Of them, but yeah.
1: Yeah, that connection you just made is beautiful. Yeah, I never thought of it that way. Um, that they <laughs> they have in their DNA somehow this memory of how they would relate with us you know years ago like maybe the indigenous people the natives of of this country yeah Exactly. Like, like wow said with oh. us, like
2: the issues are in the tissue yeah
1: so, you no
2: know, we're not special they have all their issues and their tissues too and like all their memory mm. traumas and what was before the trauma you know
1: mm. and also i notice when you when you when noticing just being aware of an animal, uh but without calling it something, there's this connection there's this like it's it's the same that I get with kids, very similar, they're just like, oh, there's nothing that needs to be said there's i don't we don't have to put each other in some sort of box or category. It's just like, oh, you know it's this this knowing, you know
2: <laughs> mm. I feel that. It took me a long time mm. to get there with children because i would always be like oh my god i can't sing like what do i say it's a it's a kid like what, <laughs> what do i do but it's like oh it's just like a little human it's just like, yeah. a, like another little human that it's funny because you you would say like oh yeah they just don't know as much as me The a little human that doesn't know as much but then it's like wait a minute it's a little human that maybe knows a little more mm. in some ways you know not as much life experience but yeah there's
1: some knowledge there it's a really special thing yeah so for someone who um you know people out there who have had these awakenings and are are, are kind of seeing outside of of the are seeing the program for what it is and, and having these experiences um awakening experiences what do you what would you say to someone that um i mean can can you go back into the program, and what are ways to continue to to stay in this surrendered space or to um I don't know what the right word, but not go too far backwards, i guess mm-hmm. not not go back into the box or the turtle putting on a new shell yeah.
2: I mean, I like to kind of joke with all my friends, but it's kind of also not really a joke. Like, you know what? I'm just going to get a tattoo on my face, get a line across my face, so I'll never be accepted to another corporate job again. You know what I mean? I'll have to go down this other path of like energy healing and all this this woo-woo stuff. Hmm. Because like, yeah, it, it the way that I think it's set up is... Again, going back to, like, comfortability and, like, oh, it's it's comfortable to not see and do your job that makes you money so you can buy the things that'll make you happy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, pretend that you don't see anything. Keep your head down. It's convenient. It's easy. It's a good escape route. You know, I'm sure yeah. there's, like, tons of hippies from, like, the 70s that ended up, you know, you know inheriting their father's company. And then, you know, boom, you're yeah. not a hippie anymore because you got to, you know, you're Paying a lot in taxes, and you know, you own a company and all this stuff. But I think, I don't know if once you've like truly expanded, like, I don't know if you can receive, like, I don't know if that's the way that, yeah, it's not the way anything works. I'm thinking about, like, yeah, if you like dig a hole, or I don't know, if you make some type of if you cut out something you can't can't add back to it like you can't enclose it again it's just there it's either going to stay stagnant or it's going to grow some more but
4: Hmm.
2: i think that you can you know maybe cover it up with some dirt and act like happen but i don't know yeah this that's a question that i I really don't know because like i said i I'm scared of like even myself doing it. Like I said, I I need that tattoo on my face for insurance so I don't <laughs> so I don't go backwards.
3: Mm. <laughs>
2: Just commit to it. How do I commit to living in my truth fully 100% and never ever ever going back? I don't know, trusting that um if I go on this path that I'll be supported and held and taken care of. Yeah, for me that I guess that's a better
1: insurance policy than yeah. I think in my case, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it and it seems like it's 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 really uh needed, you know, um because the the structures, the way that we're living now obviously is not working. And uh it seems like it's all coming coming apart, especially here in the West. So I think you are kind of ahead of the game because you're um i use the word kind of grounded in the the world like in the the natural world and you're like taking actions and doing these things that i think we're all gonna need to to learn to do so we're not so overly dependent on these other Um, Entities and and the big corporations and and you know um, living in the ways that we're living, which is not healthy. It's making all of us uh, sick. Um, It's not expansive. It's not considering nature. You know our family, the trees, our family animals, and and everything else. And and it's not community. Uh, Oriented, usually power and domination you know so i think that's that's also a good sort of motivating factor for me you know kind of when i look at my kids and other generations to come and as the native said you know the uh are we considering the seven generations that are to come after Hmm. what what was the uh the the best gift you ever got
4: huh um what was the best gift I ever got I don't know man <laughs> uh
1: it doesn't have to be a material thing as you know
2: yeah okay okay that kind of opens it up that's gift mm. Uh, I honestly I don't know mm. I, I can't I can't think because um I'm one of those people that it's like I get happy when like I find a butterfly on the ground you know yeah. like oh my god thank you for <laughs> me <laughs> oh my god <laughs> you know There's a lot
1: of gifts I think Ron has a question
0: yeah um, I think you said today Ade some of the best gifts they go on living so they're not you're given something and that's it it mm-hmm. continues and continues and continues mm. so I think So, maybe your answer, the question really can't be answered in a definite box. Maybe it's more than that. Uh, Ah, yeah. That's just a thought. Siraj, do you think that something in you always called you to this way of life that you're living now? And. What do you think about the time before you were born? Uh, A question on reincarnation, maybe.
2: Well, I can say I remember being in elementary school. And, you know, we all had our little desk pods, you know, with the, the space in between for all our books. And the teacher says, okay, close your science book and open your social studies book to page 52. Like, like clockwork everybody like robots everybody does shuts it and puts it in and then gets it out and i just stood there i didn't do anything and i was just watching everybody else do exactly what they were told to do and i, I think that's like the first time i broke through the matrix i was like wait a mm. second how do i know that this isn't like a simulation like how do i know that this is real because i'm you know <laughs> i did what i just witnessed wasn't free will what i just witnessed was it was like a little weird it was a little weird you yeah. know but that's the way we're programmed um i think that i think i have always been like marching to my own drum and i never know i still don't know where i'm going exactly like i know that i'm headed this direction i don't know where the destin is destination is in that direction, but I know like that's where I'm going, and I'm leaving. I'm leaving it open for detours, and I'm leaving it open for pit stops and all this stuff. But I think I have always kind of been like gearing up for just a life of what do they call it bushwhacking, where you know you're going down a path and you got your machete and you're <laughs> just carving it out by yourself, you know.
4: Yeah. Um.
2: Yeah, I think that's something you might be born with. And so before I was born, it's interesting because I, I asked my mother once, like, <clears throat> oh like what like this was I wanted, like did you guys like plan me? And she was like, Yeah, no, we intended for you to come, you know, into the world. We planned you. And for me, that kind of like it made my heart sit easy, but then I'm thinking like when a soul when you have two people who are in love and like consciously want to bring another soul in the world do you get a different caliber of soul that comes through as opposed to like these two people who like kind of like each other kind of don't and like whoops you know I'm not saying that like one soul is better but just like the environment like the the vibrations that were around them did that leave a space open for like a vibration that was like okay that's love that's where I'm going and that's how I want to be brought in and that's what I want to be around um yeah I'm just really curious about how even if it is a choice of where you want to be born and the lessons you want to get shown I don't know it's, it's a really interesting question for me though like how did I choose here and like I look at my life and it's like Yeah, the circumstances that I've been given, like I'm sure if I had it any other way, I would have made it work. But like, it's been perfect for me and my journey and my soul and like what I needed, the medicine that I've gotten to be able to hopefully, yeah, kind of end this wheel of reincarnation. I'm not trying to come back here. (laughs) Like, I don't want to come back. I'm trying to get gone. So, um, yeah, I. I pray every day that I, I just live long enough to be able to be of service and to be able to, to, yeah, reach whatever it is that needs to be reached, so that I can like, on that last breath, really just be like, oh,
4: okay, done. Mm. I'm, mm. I'm
2: gone. Not like, oh, there's still something I had to do. Oh. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Like, I I want to be able to die. Like, I'm. It's, it's weird to say, but I'm excited to die. I don't want it to happen like anytime soon, mm. but I'm excited for all of that in between and like the opportunities that I have to be able to make it worth it, like to deserve to die, you know, mm. to deserve to die a good death and be completely at ease. Mm. I, that's what I'm looking forward to.
4: Hmm.
0: Are they? And your question goes on to your wonderful quote today about a gift. Can you say it again, please? Because I was just looking for it today. Oh,
1: I don't even remember
0: the gift. <laughs> <can't find> it. <laughs> yeah, and it was um, the
2: Hafiz poem. Huh? Was the Hafiz poem?
0: Was
1: it the Hafiz? No, no, no it, it was. Um, There's something that just that just came to me.
0: Oh yes, uh, I got it. I I got it here. So in, it comes from this question which you just posed, and you said, "Life is a gift. Give you, gift yourself to life." Hmm. And I think that really kind of uh, brings about the answer to the question that you pose, and also, you know, um, being a soul and being wanted in this. In this, and coming here um, with a kind of a, maybe a mission, a purpose, a passion, and coming into this world, and maybe that's the kind of ultimate gifts. Oh, I'm sure we yeah. can enjoy smaller yeah. gifts on the sideline. You know, uh, I've got yeah. a fellow uh, Kute uh, Greatest Hits, which is a wonderful gift, which I'll never forget. <laughs> but <you> know, <laughs> these uh, other little gifts, you know, this this great gift. I think from there. There's, there's this exploration uh, What's happening It's so many extraordinary things Are happening Coincidences Synchronicities mm. Chance meetings uh, The song The book that someone mentions to you twice And now you've got to go out and get And then you're going to tell a friend about it Who will tell another friend about it And I'm going to meet someone else Who meets someone else Is that Being the kind of the alchemist in life. Mm. And it makes them, I think, even in little moments quite extraordinary. Mm.
2: I love how you summed all that up. Yeah, that quote was perfect. Gift yourself. Life is a gift. Gift yourself to life. Yeah, what yeah. An
1: honor. yeah 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 I, I think that came from um a place of being out in nature noticing that uh you know the just all of life is is, is a gift and and the trees aren't they are they are gifting life to us and they're not really asking anything in re- return it's like it's just this gift that keeps on giving, <laughs> but uh as I think <laughs> i I think uh, uh, for me, like the realization came like as a creative person, I would share things, and there was this subtle shift recently. I would share things and then wonder what people were gonna think, wonder at how it's gonna be received, and then. I realized recently that it's just, it's a gift, you know, it's, it's, it's a gift. I'm just sharing this gift and that's it. I don't have to do, you know, that's where it kind of, um, ends Uh, for me, for my part, it's just like, like the tree is giving what it gives. And so, you know, kind of almost like a, a gift living, doing what, I do as a gift to God.
4: Give to yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> Siraj, what have you learnt from bees?
2: Ooh, the bees, my girls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're amazing. Okay, number one. Like whenever I mentioned like, oh, yeah, I was doing beekeeping. Everybody's always, always like, oh, I could never do that. And I could, I could never. And it's like, yeah, you could. (laughs) Like it's, it's that fear that you're told to have when you think of the word bee. Like somebody programmed that in you. And maybe, yeah, maybe there was a time where you had like an ice cream cone or something sugary. And they were like, oh, like, let me buzz around her. See what this is. Um, but at the end of the day I mean I think most of us know by now like once they sting you they die so it's like they don't want to sting you Mm. if they do have to sting you it's probably because you like threatened them first or because you encroached upon their territory you know that you were like too close to their hive or whatever but I think I don't know there's so many interesting things about the bees but I think you can all go back to like what i said about the soil it's just like yeah sure it's a bunch of individual parts but the actual hive itself like that's a whole that's an organism in itself and you have all these little parts that make it happen but it's it's one entity Hmm. and just uh i don't know one of the most interesting facts i don't know this is like I don't know a feminist streak in me like so the queen like when you have like a young queen she will leave and go out for like a few days and mate with all these drones. Drones are the male bees and their only purpose in life is to impregnate queens to get their genes you know to perpetuate their genes so then she comes back to her hive Starts laying eggs. She has all, she has like sperm sex, so she just saves it all and then lays the eggs. And then the eggs that she chooses to fertilize, those become female bees. And those are the workers, and those, that's who does all the work. And then the eggs that she lays that aren't fertilized, those are the drones. And the drones are just clones of her that then go out to impregnate the other female queen bee somewhere else. And it's just like, what? (laughs) What? (laughs) she just clones herself so that she can perpetuate like wow craziest thing I've ever heard of but yeah just that intelligence and it's I don't know like it still trips me out mm. it wow. still trips me out <laughs>
1: <laughs> and are are you do you are you like really up close uh, to the bees I, I I take it that you're you wear one of those suits and do all that stuff and
2: yeah. I mean, you're right up in there. You have to be like, there's, I think the job of a beekeeper isn't necessarily keeping the bees. Like the bees are keeping themselves. Like they're good.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: The job of a beekeeper is just to make sure that the things that we are doing, like the pesticides and all these these um, opportunities for new disease, all these things that we've created aren't interfering with their, their work and mm-hmm. what they already know how to do, which is, you know help pollinate the world for us um so yeah it's it's more of just like being a chaperone i think you know yeah like making sure nobody spikes the punch bowl
1: (laughs) have you gotten stung
2: oh my god yes (laughs) i got stung in the forehead once and i just had this knot i was like oh okay it's kind of like botox right it's like botox (laughs) 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 but yeah it and again like every single time that i got stung i mean i'll say that it was my fault you know what i mean it wasn't like a bee being aggressive it was okay i'm like around their area in that one particular instance i was wearing a hat and she like i was walking and she was flying and she ran into the bill of my hat and ricocheted off my forehead and just stung me you know because she got scared and she's like oh god what is this and I got stung and yeah, like I said, every single time I got stung, it's, it's been my own doing. They, they're not going out and trying to attack you. And I think that's, I don't know, it's something about, um, I, I can say maybe our culture as humans, we don't like to think that other animals have the same intelligence as us. I mean, it's not the same intelligence, And sometimes I think it's a higher intelligence, but for whatever reason, we like to think that, yeah, there's this Trinity or this pyramid. We're at the top When it's a circle and all these other animals, like they know exactly what they're doing. They can communicate with each other. And maybe it's not through a language that makes sense to us. Like let's get into telepathy. You know what I mean? That's a Mm. language. And I think it's what blue whales, they can, if one of them is like caught up in a net in this part of the ocean they can like send mental pictures like telepathic thoughts to the other whales telling them like hey don't come over here because some shit is going down you know
4: Mm.
2: and we still haven't like science is still kind of skeptical of that type of stuff we're still trying to prove it and uh, i'll be happy when they can stop or like when we can all just stop looking for the whys or hows and just let things be and yeah. like really study like okay no, we don't have to prove how or like why or what but like okay this is a thing, and what does that mean? What does that mean for us?
1: Hmm. Yeah, you you bring up a great point because it's we're always trying to figure everything out figure out the how does this work and if we can't figure it out then a lot of times we will say well it doesn't it's not real it doesn't work but we're still trying to figure it out once we figure it out then we'll let you know (laughs) yeah
2: exactly I i don't need some guy in a lab coat who's never who's never gone into the solitude of his own heart trying to tell me what my experience is when i'm sitting here communing with this 95% of dark matter that's all around me you
4: know yeah
2: Yeah. I'm at the point yeah in my life like I don't need validation of like a a science a western science that literally doesn't understand the reality that I'm living in you know I was when I started messing with you know my kundalini energy like there was a point where I thought I was going crazy because I was in a I was literally in a different reality like you break through and it's like where am i what is mm. going on here like none of this makes sense and and then after that you kind of just get filled with euphoria and it's like yeah it doesn't make sense yeah. but also this is pretty fucking amazing you know <laughs> and it's just like all love and
4: yeah yeah
2: all these levels but yeah you that that kind of goes back to me saying like hey yeah, i'm totally supportive of like yeah that the winter of life and death going through this period where, yeah, you might think you're going fucking insane, and that's because the world we're living in is insane. Mm. So once you get on the other side of that, then you find peace. Mm. That's what I got.
1: Yeah, you're, you're. What I got from what you said is is sort of having a a direct experience. Um, with life you know and and um I mean you've once told me I I would I shared something and you said you just sound like you're repeating something you heard or that you read in a book
4: Yeah, (laughs) and
1: I (laughs) I thought at first I was at first I was like no and then you know I had a, a tiny bit enough humility to kind of question myself and thought yeah you know so i i I realized i wasn't having a direct experience with what was going on And, and it was just this story that was you know that i'd been running this program over and over and over and so just having that experience with it with what i thought was bad or what i thought i needed to get away from this this pain this unknown this This thing which is me which which i didn't know what it was which was really a mystery and it was through that door that on the other side was love and then realizing once on the other side that love was all there is (laughs) it's nothing there's nothing else you know so yeah so it's um I wonder if the scientists if they um, it it should I would think it should be maybe not required but it it could be beneficial if our scientists could find a way to to have to to go within to to touch on that you know and to and then do the work from from that place be
2: benefit. <clears throat> I don't know how likely, but beneficial for sure. Yeah.
3: There's
2: actually, I don't want to say the name of the project because I don't want to like shout them out like that. But there's there's this group in Florida that's trying to basically create the new world that's going to happen after society collapses. You know what I mean? Are just mm-hmm. trying to set that up. And I was really interested initially. Because um, yeah, I want to like, Okay we can all agree that you know the West is collapsing uh right before our eyes, like what's next how do we how do we start working towards that yeah. and so I was looking into this this project, and um I looked at their board of directors, and it was all you know like old white men, not that old white man can't be enlightened, but for me, it's just this thought of like oh, like you're it feels like going backwards in a really weird way it's like oh we're gonna we're gonna create the future but it's gonna look like us and and i mm-hmm. wrote to them and i was like so you're trying to make it so that okay the technology performs all of the jobs so humans then have time to enrich themselves and like you know live live lives that have meaning deeper meaning and you're talking about creating new languages to to represent a new consciousness but like have you looked into some of the the dying indigenous languages that have like words like 50 different words for like rain or something like that you know what i mean like where Mm -hmm. are you where are you sourcing your your these, these new blueprints from like where are you getting this because I don't trust it. You know what I mean. I don't trust yeah, people yeah. who are coming from a culture that knows nothing but uh, cere- cerebral feeling mm. and thinking and relating to the world. Like yeah. where are the where are the people of the soil who have this who, who just feel it deeper? Like someone, like <laughs> I remember I was explaining to someone like the reason that like. For me, it's, like, the reason, like, people of color, like, can dance, like, with no issue at all is because, like, that vibration, like, that vibration of the essence of the ecstasy of life, it's in me, and I can feel it every single fucking day. And so when I dance, like, that's what's coming out. Um. <laughs> and, yeah, I just, I don't trust a culture that can't feel that all the time. Cause if you're not feeling that a statusism, like, what are you, like, what are you feeling? Where are you coming from? Like, where are you? Yeah. And then it goes back to like, maybe you're just talking about a program. Like you're, there's something that you read and this is the way that you think it's supposed to be. So that's what you're doing, but that's not, not how we move forward. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think it goes back to um, certain cultures To also recognize their trauma, their ancestral trauma, you know, the European based trauma as well and and kind of get in touch with that and, and, you know, let that authentic expression come in from the gut from the heart and not from the head so much.
2: Yeah, amen. Yeah, we're all just dealing with so much trauma, and yeah, there's just like a lot of broken hearts walking around. Yeah, everybody else's heart is broken, so it's like, oh, it's not that bad. Everybody else's heart is broken too, so like this is just the norm. But like, no, it's not the norm. You're supposed to be, oof, kind of like you said, just that other side of the door where it's love, and then everything is. You realize that that's all there is.
3: Yeah,
2: that's, that's the norm. (laughs) <laughs> that's the norm <laughs> communing with nature and talking to squirrel friends and yeah. peace friends that's the norm
1: so what is your um, I know you, you you didn't really go too much uh, into it and I don't know if you feel comfortable with it but your sort of uh, vision for you know what, what you're creating what you are trying to um bring call in you know which is happening but what is the um what does the world look like to you like you know in the going forward
2: yeah hmm. so i used to always resent when people would be like oh yeah you know the world is it's pretty wild it's pretty crazy out here but you know i'm just gonna like take care of myself and my family and. I'm going to worry about and like there's still an aspect of that where it's like <laughs> no you gotta we all gotta do a little bit more mm-hmm. and but I I used to carry this weight on my shoulders of like oh my god I gotta I gotta put on this cape and like I gotta save the world and I gotta run myself into the ground and like exploit my trauma almost or I, I have to use this trauma as like a fuel and at the end of the day just like everything is burnt out and i have to like fight for the soil i have you know ancestors that have died for the soil and this flag and like i need to be here and i need to like continue that mission of just helping people do whatever and i don't feel that so so much anymore and it's kind of like a mix between the two now it's like um (laughs) i always like to quote a, a really great man once said um and with the man <laughs> and the mirror, <man>, right? <laughs> and it's like, okay, yeah, that's really good medicine. So it's like, okay, me working on myself. And then after I work on myself uh, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, all these things, then what's next? It's not just like, oh, okay, I'm good now. It's like, no, mm-hmm. I have a community. And how do we make the community better spiritually, mm-hmm. mentally? emotionally physically you know and that's kind of why i got into farming because pandemic happened and it's like you know sure wear a mask and stay six feet away but like what about like putting the right things into your body and like building your immune system and
4: Mm.
2: you know not eating poison not you know drinking water like nobody's drinking water everybody's brain is dehydrated in this country you know what i mean like you can't think right when you're not getting the right nutrients you can't think right when you know you have stagnant water in you it it makes sense that nothing makes sense because yeah that's just the lives we're living so i mean for me like i i just want to be able to again be a lamp be a light for anybody who who is interested in like taking that other path getting off that paved road mm. and, and like what else is there and like a really big uh, something that I always try to like instill in people is like we vote with our dollars you know and so mm. yeah we can all sit up here and complain like oh my god he's a quadruple billionaire or whatever but oh I need this shipment in two days so like I'm gonna order it's like no you're either <laughs> you're either against it or you're for it and there's no in between so it's like are you gonna are you going to stand up for your values? Are we, are we going to, can we do that? Can we all collectively agree to not line, you know, the pockets of people who are in charge and treating the world terribly? Like it's been put a lot on us, like, Oh, if we just recycle and if we just, you know, shop secondhand, everything will be all right. But it's, we can, I think collectively, us normal people, we can like, let some of that off of our hearts. And so do the work to like make things better in a community, but like, oh, we're not the ones who trash the world. And like, we are doing it by like encouraging, like adopting these behaviors, but it's really simple to just, you know, maybe don't, you know, like kind of like figure out what it is in you that feels like you mm-hmm. need to buy all these things or care about like what's going on online or, you know, care about anything other than like, Being a better person or being of service or trying to make the world a better place Mm. you know if what you're doing doesn't contribute to seeing your your grandkids and your great grandkids live a good life then like what are you doing here what are you doing (laughs) go home just leave let's go yeah so i don't know i don't know i'm just trying to do what i can
1: yeah yeah, you know, those are some some tough questions to um, to you know I, I to ask oneself you know what what is the reason you're you're doing this and then to to take some action you know to align with with your values. Ah. Mm-hmm. Oh. I've been ordering not so, so many
4: that, so, yeah. I've
1: been ordering so many Amazon packages. I just mm-hmm. I, and, uh, and sometimes when I order them I, I think of you because I know that you make it a point to like not only order from you know um different like businesses that, that you feel um are appropriate to order that kind of align with your value, but also the container that the that the package is in, and all of this stuff, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm like, oh man, I have so much work to do. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it begins with sort of making a decision to to look at things clearly, like you said. You know, I can be hypocritical and say, well, you know, Jeff Bezos is you know this, he has so much money. Look what he's doing to the environment. And I can, if I say that how can i turn and order something it just doesn't make any sense
2: cognitive dissonance it's a real thing
1: yeah yeah so i gotta look at that one
2: <laughs>
1: maybe maybe next month
2: it's all in baby steps it's all in baby steps yeah you know but you you yeah. know like another thing for me is like the plastic Everybody oh plastic is ruining the world and like you know you watch these documentaries and like it's all in the ocean and the animals are eating mm. and we're eating animals and it's crazy but then you go in like any standard bathroom and every single bottle is in a plastic bottle mm. it's like i know they make shampoo bars and you know you know they make shampoo and bars now you know what i mean they make they there's solutions you might have to seek them out because they're not going to be on the in the main aisle of whatever large store you go to but there are alternatives and there are different ways to live and there are different ways to be like plastic. It's only been around since, I don't know, it hasn't been that long. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like humans were living a pretty cool life before we had this stuff that just doesn't disintegrate. Yeah. And then, like, what does it look like to like try to lessen that in your life, try to lessen your footprint and like, what does it look like to, uh, spend the money that you were going to spend on X and like, maybe donate it to a cause or donate your time or donate your energy. Mm. When all those protests were gone, one guy who was in, you know, the white house, it's like, I, I felt like all that energy could have been used to do so much good. And like I said, it all goes back to science. If you have this one force opposing this other force, All that does is cause friction. Yeah. What if these people that believe in good and believe in human rights and human decency, what if we what if instead of like taking a couple days off to go march on Washington, what if we all took a couple days off and like volunteered at our favorite organization, Mm. you know, to help them, millions of people taking days off to volunteer and make the world a better place. Like what? That's crazy. It's unheard of. But it's it would be so easy. It's so simple we would just glad I have the friction for whatever reason.
1: It it, it seems it it seems um, that this living from this friction, this sort of uh, polarity based way of of living, seems to be a way that we we've somehow adapted and maybe there was some justification for these ways and at some point in the evolution but it seems like we've gotten locked into that and we kind of look you explained it so well you know that the two entities you know scientifically you know two opposing forces going at each other causing this uh, friction nothing really good is going to come from it and, you know, you have the Democrats, the Republican, one person says, one side says something, the other side argues, and we just get more and more of the same. And what if that energy was put towards, you know, I'm just not going to deal, you know, I'm not going to waste energy here and, you know, put energy into something that, um, is, is you know, bears fruit, you know, something that, that we can take actions, we can all get together and you know uh plant crops we could build homes there's so many things that we can do because we have skills you know certain people have carpentry skills we could get together teach each other like there shouldn't be people without homes we could we could say hey you know like these people should have a place to live let's get together instead of all of us getting together and arguing with each other we can you know little by little make things better
2: and it's funny to think like oh i'm really upset about something let me go buy a marker and a poster so i can make sure somebody else knows like no don't go buy a poster and a marker go yeah <laughs> go yeah, figure it out. yeah plastic marker I love you that. yeah <laughs> <laughs> wasted
4: paper <laughs> so
2: funny yeah yeah no but i love how you put like yeah put your energy into like bearing fruit.
4: Yeah.
2: Because that fruit has seeds, and those seeds are going to grow new fruit, you
0: know?
1: Mm. Ron, you were going to say something?
0: Yeah, I just like the idea of a new way of protest because I think the old way has been done and tried, and it's failed a lot of times. So, and I think um, Gandhi did, and he, when he went on a national strike, he didn't call it a strike. He called it a day of um, of was it um fasting and collecting salt. So something came from it. It wasn't a something against. It was a movement for. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe the new way, if you want to, what about what you like? Like what Silverado said, if rather than going and in doing, ten thousand people walking the street. Those 10,000 people created a garden on that particular day. Oh, my God. Um, What (laughs) happened if 10,000 people fasted, which means they bought nothing Mm. for that particular day? Mm. That would hit, I think, (laughs) uh, the system harder than it would be the marching.
4: Mm.
0: And what about even the, um, not one day, a week of a general fast? A week of a general, let's look after ourselves with only fruits and vegetables. That would be, that will send waves through every system. Mm-hmm. And it would be a signal that it's, it's a new dawn, it's a new way of looking at things.
4: Yeah.
0: Let's go what we want, not fight against, not go with what we want against so that energy is always on what we want
2: yeah
1: yeah and and i think it, it um even if if one person steps uh away from from it like uh suraj has like you have Ron, and living your life in this way influences people i mean it's influenced me and and the way that you know i'm still learning but it's influence in the way that i live and hopefully i'm able to um you know influence someone else so if we if we do it i mean it, it because it's really simple you know some of the things that you talk about is really practical really simple but they sound so profound like oh my how oh, we like uh plant something and then wait for it to grow and pick it and eat it it seems like oh my gosh how what youtube video can i watch to figure out how to do that and you know and and i like all these reasons why it can't work well i have to have this as uh we had a guest uh sila who uh, you know i was telling him um he's a, a rasta and uh you know he's all about growing his own food and doing things like that so i said yeah you know we should. Um, people shouldn't be living in projects and you know we we should be able to give them homes and teach people how to be self-sufficient and live a self-sustainable lifestyle and grow crops and what he said was no like you're putting these sort of limits right there that you have to wait to get to this place to do it and he said you could get a little pot and just put it right now put it in your window, plant a seed, and so there's. You can do it right now. You can plant things right now. You know, mm. it's the the little I baby I like steps.
2: The, yeah, no, yeah. no, that's so good, and I love like just that metaphor of not just planting a seed for food right now. You can plant a seed for a movement right now. You can plant a seed for, mm. for a whole system change right now. Yeah, but yeah. You don't have to
0: wait. You can do it. Do it. And uh, that's really exciting because then we have what we're having right now in these discussions and communications. And in our daily life now, we can go on and talk radical consciousness just as a daily conversation. Yeah let's talk entanglement uh while we're at the supermarkets you know it just it's an everyday conversation Mm -hmm. because we know this is i think who we really are because when you speak to young children especially they talk they talk about traveling to different universes Mm. They talk about doing flying and doing extraordinary things. They talk about they were talking to their cats. You know, it's just an, an actual thing. And maybe that's inherent in all of us, but we just lost it from the baggage of society or supposedly doing. so. And if one person, it has to affect everyone else. So you farming has to affect whoever sees you, hears you, and maybe even be beyond seeing and hearing Mm -hmm. in the unknown realms of uh, connectivity. Mm -hmm. And that's quite, you know, a really tingling excitement, is it, To to go there, I think. It's
2: beautiful. Like I said before, it's like an honor to be conscious enough to infuse consciousness into other things you know what even if this world what are we doing yeah. <laughs> we're all the same person the same thing just trying to perpetuate knowledge of that self of that thing that we are which is this light and love and joy you know these higher vibrations
0: yeah i got uh one question that just came up what lessons what's the most well one of the lessons that you've learned from the queen bee
2: mm. i think the biggest lesson i learned from the queen bee is that she's working for everybody else she's in service and if if the worker bees don't like her they'll kill her and to cry you know she's on. So it's not like, oh, I'm the queen bee. Everybody comes to me. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, no, I'm a queen bee. I'm out here working. Like, you know, can y'all like, towel me off if I get too hot, but also like, yeah, let me lay these eggs so we can like um, have this healthy, healthy hive. Let me do this so, you know, we can be all right.
4: Mm.
2: And that's honestly, like, it's part of the reason why I kind of like, in, in between like my birth name and like Siraj because they, yeah, Siraj is a lamp, but like Candace, the meaning of it, the Candices were like a group of w- ancient warrior Queens from Ethiopia. And like the queen mothers was their name. Right. Mm-hmm. And I just always remember thinking like, that's a lot of energy to hold. Like, I don't know if I can hold that. Cause I do believe that like in your, in your name, you know, that vibration and the essence of that name, like it, it has an imprint on you. So I was just like, I don't, I don't know if I want that. I don't know if I can like this queen mother. Like you know, I I didn't want it. <laughs> I didn't want it. And now as I get older, I'm like, no, I am a warrior, and I am a woman who's isn't afraid to stand up for things, and I'm not afraid to put myself in harm's way because what what even is harm, you know? when I'm not afraid of dying, like you can't, you can't kill my soul. You can't kill my energy. You can't kill my fire. Um, so yeah. Like, how do I speak up for the people? How do I, how do I speak up for the things who, and I say things just because Um, I'm, I'm trying to get out of the habit of calling like living beings like, I don't know, not recognizing their living. So things wasn't even the word, but like, I don't only mean people when I say, how do I speak up for the things that don't have voices, the people, the folks, the living beings. How do I speak for the beings? Yeah, that's the word, the beings that don't have voices. So yeah, the trees, all the all the animals that are like living under the surface of the ocean that we're just like mm. throwing trash into. How do you speak up for those? Like, um, yeah, I, I want to use this warrior power that I've been granted with.
1: Yeah. I'm
2: trying to figure out how still.
1: Mm. Ah, this conversation's been so wonderful and it's just really amazing that we're even having this conversation, you know, about these 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 things and and that um we're putting these ideas into action as well. You know, and that it gives me a hope that, you know, this is taking, this is also taking place in other places. We're not the, obviously, we're not the only ones. And so I think my hope is that this is spreading. What What do you think?
2: Spreading. I mean, the only reason we're able to do this and like have a platform for it is because it's spreading Mm. and going back again to the micro macro, like we're all the same thing. And there's a field that connects all of us. And that kind of goes back to, again, like you can get into like the more ethereal sciences, you know, like for me, telepathy is explained by quantum physics. You know what I mean? And Nikola Tesla, oh he's you know he's my favorite person. He has this quote and it's like one of the quotes <laughs> that really got me going down on this path. So like, yeah, the scientist who a lot of people don't even know who he is. Like he they know the name Tesla because of the cars, but like, no, the man who invented the technology, the man who like invented the 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 capacity for like the electricity that we have today, the man who invented that, the man who invented like, you know, radio, you know, who discovered all these frequencies, like He, his quote that got me really, really thinking about the universe was if you want to understand the universe, you have to think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. And that's it. And that's all of the answers that you ever need for anything are right there. So when we're talking about, you know, opposing forces, we're talking about energy going in a different direction. When we're talking about like being able to communicate in ways that aren't verbal, we're talking about frequencies, you know?
4: Mm, Yeah.
2: And we're talking about, you know, it's all it's all that when we're talking about feeling depressed or down we're talking about like a lower vibration Mm. and also when we're talking about healing our planet we're talking about us all shifting ourselves because again we're one entity the earth is one body and yeah we need to be able to shift enough of us so that the collective vibration can be at a place that's healing and is inviting in good energy
1: yeah 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 uh, ron was gonna it seems like he, he was gonna explode when when he when said the word uh tesla so <laughs> i will let him
0: <laughs> oh, chime on. in <laughs> Look, do you know what we just love these coincidences and these chance sayings and things because the reason the show is today It's because we picked it numerology from, from numerology so the one mm-hmm. and five equals six and tesla said to understand the mystery of three six and nine you understand the 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 mysteries of the universe mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. when these things come up you know i just feel just burst of yeah wow you know i'm right there with you book you mentioned before and just this and mm-hmm it brings this kind of magic and i love it you know when these magic. little things come up really do i really We're do a whole
2: other podcast but yes yeah. the magic is there it's yeah. there
1: <laughs> yeah and that's where the holy trinity came the idea for that came from um a conversation with ron about the three six nine and, and tesla and,
3: ah, and i love yeah. it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and the, the holy trinity because i i said ron you know we should call this this was sometime like weeks ago we should call this podcast with Suraj the holy trinity and he, and i said it, it came up i was listening to have you ever heard the rock, the song by um morgan heritage you don't have dread to be rasta we don't have to be dread to be right.
0: This is you not a dreadlock dread. thing. This is not yeah. a dreadlock thing. It is conceptions of the yeah. heart.
1: Divine <laughs> conception of the heart. So at, at the beginning of that um he talked about Holly Selassie, who he said is the power. Of the and I think I, I wrote it down somewhere. But gonna, I don't want to misquote him. Um, he said, uh, oh okay, Emperor Hali Selassie, he is the power of the Holy Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit in flesh. So that's that kind of led to the conversation with with Ron. As soon as I said Holy Trinity, then he said the number six and went into like breaking down six you explain you, you would do it better but you know the the s turned the other way is two right well no the ix is uh the numer uh numeral for nine right yeah, yeah you explain it
0: yeah, uh, I can't remember that. Yeah, so I can't remember. We had this conversation. We we didn't write it down, but it was just... Oh, um,
1: no, I wrote it down.
0: We, oh, you wrote it down? Yeah, it's here. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. So, and, you know, and I think when you look at it just on an energy level and start thinking energy, energy in what we ingest in our bodies and also what we ingest in our minds and and talk and relate on energetic levels that is transformative of a level that i don't think we can even comprehend Mm
4: -hmm.
0: so to have i think these these conversations and when i think somebody does something with passion so if I hear a poem from Ade, or I won't embarrass you and say it, but I read a script from Ade recently, and I love this script. And when you've read and you do things and you, from people who love what they're doing, and Siraj, you talk about the soil, you talk about the bees, it has to affect all those who are aware of it it has to because ultimately there's only one and you said it with this entanglement as well and i think that's kind of um and you mentioned it even just by the smaller things you feel it when you walk bare feet on the on the grass on the ground you're connected aren't we And these little things that tiny things that we can do can make huge changes
2: Mm. Yeah, because I I think people get when you try to only go for the big things, like oh, we need to bring this corporation down. That's that's a really big what is this like Goliath? You know, it's yeah (laughs) David and Goliath. It's it's a lot to try to take that down. So like, yeah, how do I start with myself and start with the area around me? Which, like I said, at one point I thought was like super selfish to just like only focus on yourself and your surrounding area. But it's like no, if we all work on ourself first and then work on like our our everybody under our roof and everybody in our in our block everybody in our zip code you know mm. that's how we can do it
4: yeah mm.
2: but again it really does start with everybody working on themselves first mm. which um yeah is the hardest part it's the biggest hurdle but then once you do it everything else just flows it flows so easily once you just get rid of all the blockages that are in yourself.
1: Yeah. Yeah, And I I think there's support out there. So we don't have to, there's things that can assist us in this, um, this inner work and even just holding space for someone, you know, that's one of the things I'm really grateful for is just friends that would just hold space. I could say whatever, i don't have to sound articulate or you know i could be just share whatever is coming up doesn't have to be right or anything doesn't have to necessarily make sense and and just have it come up and then have one say someone say well you know have you looked at in this other way you know maybe question this maybe you know let's go into it together and just I mean, that's amazing. That's one of the things I think we're lacking um, in our culture is there's so much debate, so much just fighting with each other. And if you have views that the other person doesn't agree with, then, you know, um, you just call them names and kind of put them in this box and rather than listening and being open and having open discussion and things of this nature.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, a huge part of my journey was, yeah, looking at those people that like might hate me or like have super different opinions about just like, like human rights. Like having compassion for them—not compassion as far as like I want to go hug them and you know make them dinner, but compassion of as far as seeing like, oh, that—that's a that's somebody who's broken hearted. Like that's somebody who's hurt. Hmm. Hurt people, hurt people, and if you can't recognize the humanity in someone else, then that means that you probably have some issues with your own humanity and like what you might you know deserve and be worthy of, which is yeah, the same unconditional love that everyone is worthy of, and that same is the right to live a life that's that's um you know life as it's intended, which is just to be here and to thrive and to. Learn
4: all these
2: lessons mm. yeah,
1: so we we are at about two hours and fifteen minutes
0: wow <laughs> what yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh uh siraj you you froze, but I think you
2: i'm uh I'm coming in choppy now, um but yeah yeah just before i get cut off um yeah thank you for having the space to just speak only openly and freely about yeah just the things that are like you know
1: mm-hmm. in
2: in the heart on the mind
1: yeah Uh oh, thank you for for joining us siraj it's it was a pleasure as always and um always i'm always learning from our conversations and um just uh being in your presence it, you know sometimes it 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 feels like oh man i have so much more work to do but it but it's good it's good that it it kind of shows me these areas that i may justify and kind of, uh, say, well, you know, kind of like not look at and find some way to, to, to justify, to stay in some comfort zone. But what you, what you show, what you demonstrate in your life is that you can be that you can, you can do that. And, and, you know, there's no excuses. You can jump off, you can jump off the ledge. And so thank you for that.
0: Thank you, Siraj. It's been an absolute pleasure to, to, to meet you, to speak with you. And uh, thank you very much. And Ade, thank you for the introduction, Ade.
1: Thank you. And thank you, Ron, as, as always. Always a pleasure. And before we go, I just wanted to play something. Um, this is a poem I wrote. Uh, that i had a friend sing and another friend put music and since this is on our new coffee diaries facebook page (laughs) i figured i will i'll end with playing this it will be the first time anyone has heard this
5: As we propel ourselves out of this stage of reality, out of this polarity, out of this aggression, out of this confinement, out of this division and collision, out of this, 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 and into this place of love, this love where we are bringing down the energy from above and bringing up the energy from below and meeting in the middle this place of I don't know this place on the edge of the event horizon hold my hand as we jump into the cosmic horizon as we grow new wings and learn to fly we've created a world where we live in harmony envision our new world we are living in communities building our homes together in the heart growing crops together, planting the seeds in our soul as our children and our children's children harvest new food for the soul, birthed from love, compassion, and harmony back to what is natural, nature.
1: Okay, so that was the sort of a work in progress. There's more that goes with that, but I just wanted, I thought it would be timely with having, and having our guests uh, Siraj here who I think embodies um a lot of what is in that poem and and I think also what we do here at the coffee diaries I think it's this is what it's about is as well. So thank you everyone for all the you know new people coming to this site and um becoming a part of this com- community please also leave comments in the comment section, start discussions and, um, you know, and um, feel free to, to message and contact and share.
0: Thank you very much. And we're still learning.